Welcome, this is Richard Wilson. If your seat backs and tray tables are not already in their full upright positions, it's too late. Brace for Impact is the Bait and Switch Podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch Podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us. Uh, I should first say my co-host Chris Beyer and myself Jim Martin. Uh, we've had a chance to uh, bring in Mitch Tyke, host of NPR's Lake Effect. Hi. And also... Yes, and uh, co-host, I, we're going to count the number of times I plug this, co-host of uh, the Pretzel Podcast, Ding. now on its sixth episode. All right. Where can you find the Pretzel Podcast? Uh, pretzel Podcast is on iTunes, NPR One, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. Okay. Now, is that is that affiliated with your other job, or is this just a side project? It is actually, it's technically, we recorded at uh, WUWM, and it's distributed by WWM, although distribution, when it comes to the podcast is kind of a confusing thing. It's 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 officially blessed by the powers that be at my actual job. Okay. Okay. It's interesting you say because we uh, call this a podcast, <laughs> and yet it is not actually in the podcast world yet. We haven't actually had it indexed, so we have the files uploaded to the file server <laughs> SoundCloud for us. And uh, but but like you can't find it on iTunes right now. Huh. So. But you know what I say. If you want to call it a podcast, it is a podcast. Well, then it is. We agree. Mitch says, if you say you're a podcaster, you, you are a podcast. <laughs> there you go. You are more you professional go. than us, yeah, so right, we'll take right. it. So we'll, we'll take, take out that, that word. We'll yeah. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, the listeners will come. Well, they'll flock now. They'll flock yeah. Now. Oh, yeah, yes. Right. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, you're the honey. We're drawing right, them in right, here. Exactly. Thank you. You are going to have the advantage of getting our 15 listeners – I saw Facebook, like 26, 26 likes, yes. I think. Oh, there you I go. I think I was the 26th. Okay, great. You'll know you've made it when people are bootlegging it, though. Okay. Vinyl. I want to see my podcast Me on too. vinyl. Yeah. I do, too. That's our goal now. Yeah. So, the, uh, you know, it's interesting. that I saw uh, an article that said, our cassette tape's coming back. My kids got uh, a gift from their grandma, uh, these cassette tapes of this Harry Potter book. <laughs> and I looked at her this and was is like what shaking is my head. Right. I said, like, what are you what are you doing to me? Like, I don't know if I have a and um but I actually was able to find a brand new cassette player with a DVD player and and a and a radio at Target. Sure. Oh yeah, 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 I've yeah. heard of that. Yeah, yeah. heard of that place. I'm familiar yeah. with their work. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I will say actually that I uncovered a book on tape. Of it was a kids' book written by the sports writer John Feinstein, a college basketball mystery novel that I had interviewed wow. him about years ago. Very back specific to, genre, uh, yeah, yeah but... <laughs> fairly fairly small genre, but uh, I forget whether it was called Final Four or something. But sure. uh, uh, I gave it to my son, okay, along with a cassette player that we had in the basement that was working, right? And he listened to it every night. He was totally into it. Cool. I think I still have a cassette player somewhere in the house. Yeah, I, I, you know, and I know I, I, I have a little one somewhere, and like I said, I had a couple of them. And uh, when I try to use them, they just were not. They just didn't work. Well, so can I? I can. Can I? Can I name drop for a minute here? Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, we already have with you. <laughs> with right? you, yeah. yeah. Wow, <laughs> extremely limited name drop uh, appeal to uh, to me. But I once did an onstage interview with Chris Hardwick. He has a very popular uh, podcast called The Nerdist. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to talk to him about because he's a tech geek was obsolete technology, and so I brought a Walkman with me. 
and we talked for the first 10 minutes about our Walkman memories. Oh, that's fantastic. I, I have one for sure. Theo used it as a costume when they did 80s Day one day. But it again, it doesn't work. You know, that's the That was like my prized yeah. possession when I was in right. high school. My oh, walk, yeah. And even in a college, I remember when I played baseball in college uh-huh. – uh, and I was pitching on a given day. I had this is a good Milwaukee reference here. I would jam the Bodines oh, nice. in my Sony Walkman for like an hour as I loosened up before the game. Okay. Uh, this is a little bit of an aside, but a similar story. In the office here, my father was here before me, and we had somebody that would come in the office, and the guy was at the same military base as my dad in El Paso, Texas. And so they were talking about their time at Fort Bliss. And so anyway, my dad found out that this guy was in artillery as well. My dad said, do you remember the M360 80s, whatever? He said some uh, model of artillery. And the guy said, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He said, yeah, I saw one in the museum down there. (laughs) (laughs) and so my dad went from feeling a kinship to feeling very old very quickly (laughs) are you from Wauwatosa I uh, I live in Wauwatosa I am not from Wauwatosa I grew up in Maryland oh really actually if you want to go all the way back I was born in Boston okay we moved to upstate New York I lived in upstate New York till I was about seven and then we moved to uh, to the Washington DC area when my dad was a college professor at George Washington Shout out to George Washington yep. for you Washington fans. Oh, yeah. yeah. GW. Fans of the GWU. G-W. Fans yeah. of the first G-W. president. Wooden teeth. For my 10th birthday party, we went to a GW Colonials basketball game against nice. West Virginia. Okay. They lost. You remember, you remember I, that. I, I, they like I, wrecked you know, their whole I, birthday. Exactly. Mitch, there can be too much detail. Let's exactly. just, yeah. let's Honestly, keep I didn't know that I remembered it until just now. Yeah. Let's, let's keep moving along here. Okay, so we're in Maryland, all right. All right, so we're in Maryland. I went to uh, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. It was a bit checkered. I was less interested in attending classes than I was in attending baseball games or working on the radio station. It was a little like 13th grade for me, so uh, my first attempt at college did not go as planned, Um, although I got a lot of radio experience. I was the uh, play-by-play voice of the UMBC Retrievers basketball oh, team oh, okay yes okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna name drop jim knows this that you know talking about the people that are always meant to be in radio i met this guy back in uh, middle school here in Wauwatosa, and the first thing i knew about him was that he wanted to be in radio specifically sports broadcasting and his name was jeff grayson and he did all the announcing all the way through middle school and high school and uh, he became now the uh, voice of the Brewers and the Bucks on uh, Fox Sports. Well, and I didn't mention this, but as far back as first grade, when we were living in Albany, New York, we did, we had a, uh, you know, the class project in first grade where you have to go out and do a report on a job or a career oh, or sure. whatever, and you know, the kids are going to the fire station right. or or wherever, and I got my parents to call the radio station I listened to. Oh, 980 WTRY. Uh, I got a tour of the radio station, and I can honestly say from first grade, I knew I wanted to be in radio. Oh, no kidding. Was it nerve-wracking as a first grader thinking, I hope my voice develops into a radio voice? Um, You know, well, certainly there is still a tape of me reading a commercial in the studio when I was in first grade, and that tape is someplace. Wow. And it's in what I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. serious value right there. But... You know, you say that, and I listened to myself in my first couple of radio jobs, and I was clearly somebody 
who was still pretending to be on the radio. Like, yeah. I can't stand listening to – I mean, I. it's kind of funny to listen to my voice in those days because – you know, I sounded like the AM radio guy who was doing, you know, <laughs> right, right. it's like all I needed was to add some fake static to my voice. Yeah, there you go. When you are speaking on the radio, how conscious of your radio voice are you or aren't you? Is this just your normal voice? Uh, it's an interesting question. Um, before we started recording, I was mentioning that I normally have headphones on in the studio. Would you like some? No, okay. we, we give you headphones that just nothing right comes there, out yeah, of Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and partly, uh, you know, I'm so used to hearing my voice through the headphones that, you know, I can't tell the difference between the voice I hear in the headphones and my normal voice. Sitting here talking to you without headphones, it seems strange, but I don't really know what I sound like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we talked about this before we turned on the mics here. How are we doing as far as novice podcasters? What do you think? Well, first of all, I'm impressed that you have three microphones because, you know, my image of novice podcasters is two guys huddled over one of those tiny computer microphones or, or worse, you know, like the, the microphone that's part of the – right. That was us. That, that was us. Yeah. And the pop stoppers are a nice touch. The mic booms. Honestly, uh, the fact that we're recording in multi-track is you, you guys are miles above, I would say, 90% of the podcasters there out there. Oh, you heard yes. it. You heard it. That All the more reason to tell your friends. From a professional. His words, not, not yeah, ours. Not ours. Not not ours. ours. <laughs> Could you read these words here? Also, I'll say it is the first recording studio I, I've been in that has its own sync. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, x-ray machine. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's good in case uh, you need to wash somebody's mouth out with soap. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, that's that's, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah every right. now and then we get nauseated. We got the sink right there just in case. Right, right. Or, or somebody says something nasty. Yeah, there you, you go. Take care of that too. And an exam table, presumably in case you need to make any <laughs> halftime adjustments. Exactly. <laughs> right. Now, let's, let's get back to Maryland. We All left right. you in Maryland yeah. at the school that Meanwhile, you did. Meanwhile, back, yeah, back in Maryland. <laughs> you, you were at the school. And you weren't taking it that seriously at the time. And, and then, then what I happened? flunked out. What lit the fire under your butt? <laughs> so uh, uh, flunking out of college, that, okay. was the, that was a start. And um, that in and of itself didn't light the fire under my butt. What happened next was I went back home and started working temp jobs. And the temp agency actually asks my interests. And I talk about radio and they said, Wow, what a coincidence. We have a job at 94.7 WLTE, Light Rock, Less Talk. So 19-year-old guy, I go to work as the receptionist at 94.7 W Light, LTE FM. Um, you hit the post. I like that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Good radio terminology. Uh, and I'm doing this for like two or three weeks, and at one point – one of the radio station people comes up and says, you know, you are the best receptionist we have ever had. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> and calling. Yeah, at right. one level, I think, wow, this is pretty cool. And at another level, I think, oh, my God. What have I done? What have I done? Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm 19, and I'm the best receptionist this radio station has ever had. And I'm only filling in. Yeah. But the light bulb went off that if I was going to make my way in the profession, I would probably have to have at least more education. And so I enrolled at the community college mm -hmm. in 
Montgomery County, Montgomery College. While I was doing this, I was at, my brother was still in high school, I was at one of his baseball games and got chatting with the grandfather of one of his teammates who turned out to be a member of the board of trustees at Cornell College in Iowa wow. and was selling me on the place. And I mean, at that time, I really knew I needed a change of scenery. So he basically said, you should really go out to Cornell and check it out. And uh, I went out there and it was like everything they tell you college is supposed to look like. You know, I went in the early fall and the leaves are changing and, you know, and the kids have the backpacks slung over their shoulders and, sure. the, you know, the motto of the school at the time is a slice of New England on an Iowa hilltop. And oh, wow. I fell in love with Iowa. I loved Iowa. Okay. And so was it a lot like back to school then, you know, Rodney Dangerfield kind Just of like thing, it, yes. You know, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> I went to Madison at the time that was filmed. Oh, really? I am not in the film. At oh, least I'm not oh. one of the featured players. Don't right. look for me in the credits. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I liked Iowa as well. I went from Madison, where Madison has got a reputation as being a lot of a lot of fun, and it is. Yeah. And I went to Iowa. I thought, I'm going to Iowa. This is going to stink. And honestly, I think I had a better time in Iowa than Madison. It's about what you do, about who you meet. Oh, sure. That's what it's about. Sure. You know, this school, Cornell had 1,100 students at the time, smaller than my high school. Yeah. I could host them. You know, basically, I walked in and like... The minute I walked in there, I was hosting the morning show. Oh, uh, partly because nobody else wanted to get up at that hour. Right, <laughs> and and I got to play baseball, and I had professors that cared whether I showed up at class, which was not the case at uh, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Yeah. So, what was your degree in at Cornell? Politics. Politics. Okay. Uh, campaigns and elections, and uh, and I was a good place to learn that stuff because yeah. oh yeah, you got, yeah. You got the, the caucuses. 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 Yep. Uh-huh. That's one of my favorite caucuses, or is it caucus? Oh, yeah. I think it's cockeye. They but, call it the uh, Hawkeye cockeye, don't yeah, they? Yeah, I think they do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, I didn't come up with that, Mitch. <laughs> so where did you go in radio next? Uh, my senior year at Cornell, I got an internship at WMT in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And so I got to the news department, and I had been pretending to be a radio reporter for 20 years probably at right, that point right. since I was one. So you had it down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and the third day I was there – they sent me out to cover a fire live. And so I go out in the WMT news car. They had a fleet of these little Honda Civic wagons with WMT painted on the side. And so I went to this fire and I interviewed this guy over our two-way radio. Okay, That was how they did live remotes. So, you know, hi, this is Mitch Hike reporting from, you know, the east side of Cedar Rapids. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) I'm here with Chief so-and-so. And, you know, when did you find out about the fire? You know, we're live on the air for two minutes. Right. Yeah. And I got back and they said, you're a natural. <laughs> we don't want you going to other departments. And so. Oh, great. Hey, yeah. Right. So for eight weeks, I worked in the news department there. And after the internship ended, they kept me as a part-time reporter. And as a bonus, <laughs> I was the overnight jock on their FM station Thursday nights from 10 in the uh, 10 in the evening to 5.30 a.m. So I worked at WMT until I graduated. The first radio gig I get is back in Iowa, where I am the news director at uh, KDEC in Decorah, Iowa. Uh, So, yeah, I did that for two years. And, you know, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen the the Howard Stern biopic, but... All the all the early days of his radio career, all the small town radio things that he did, they're they're all true. Yeah. 
Like oh, yeah. I hosted the swap shop one morning a week <laughs> where people would call in and say, I've got, you know, 20 laying hens for the use of your manure spreader. <laughs> so no, wait a minute. Were you like the, were you like the negotiator? Like Mildred, he says he's got 20 chickens. I kept the list. Now, will you give him your manure pile? It wasn't quite the, the, the negotiation wasn't quite there, but I kept the list. So every so often during the show, I would read. Don't forget, we have five laying hands. It sounds like you're you're getting ready for like a, a telethon. You I, know, I've done that too. Don't, don't forget, we've got these things available. <laughs> that was actually the second stop along the way. It was at Minnesota Public Radio in okay. Rochester, Minnesota. And one of the things that a colleague and I there got to do was. We got to be the celebrity hosts of the Eagles Club Telethon. We were on from midnight to 6 a.m. I worked the uh, the graveyard shift one day in my life. I worked at <laughs> Denny's. And I was the dishwasher one night. It was a night during the state fair, and everybody showed up there. And so, I mean, I'm just <laughs> oh, working, you know, just really working hard. I ended up working from 11 till like noon the next day oh because wow. we were so far behind. And you know what? I'm still tired from that day. <laughs> still scraping so, those leftover moons over my to, hammy. <laughs> that one day, just really trying to catch up. Oh yeah, yeah. every yeah. day I put in an extra yeah. ten minutes just to catch up from that one day. <laughs> it's been difficult. But you talked about being from the East Coast. What about your accent or lack thereof? It is funny you should ask that question. Get out of I've here! I've got a lot of these funny questions. Get out of here, Chris. <laughs> because the uh, third professional radio third full-time radio stop along the way was at north country public radio in northern new york and at one point i was voicing some feature story about i don't know what but it was probably about utility rates because it seemed like every story i did up there was about utility rates (laughs) gripping stuff fascinated by (laughs) utility rates up there riveting and at one point the news director there said well you say it that way because you're from iowa (laughs) (laughs) and i said actually you know i just went to college in iowa i grew up in maryland so so i mean again my point is just just like when you said you know the radio voice versus uh the accent none of these are affectations this is just who you are you don't assume any type of accent or any type of voice for radio this is just your voice it is though i can put on a radio voice if it would uh if it would well, if, let's if, hear I, a little clip well of if i want to yeah, really yeah. irritate my kids i can read a story like this yeah. <laughs> I, I see how yeah. they'd be irritated yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah so there was a stop at north country public radio new york for two years I had the first of a scheduled five or six midlife crises about the time I was turning 30. I moved to D.C. where my girlfriend was living, and it worked out well in the sense that we are married. It worked out less well in the sense that it took me three months to figure out that getting out of radio was the wrong move. So, ah. uh, And then another six months to find another radio job. We moved to Flagstaff, Arizona. So seven years in Flagstaff, I was the news director uh, for the last five of Arizona Public Radio. And after seven years, we had, you know, we had had our first child and knew we weren't going to live in Arizona forever. My wife is from Minnesota and I'm from the East Coast. And so we thought Milwaukee kind of split the difference. 
in the sense that... <laughs> Sounds uh, like she got the better deal. Yeah, yeah she got the better deal. Uh, you weren't good at math, were you? Or geography. I was apparently. not good at math. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I knew we were far enough that nobody was going to be dropping in for lunch, regardless. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Well, that drop blows in. my plans for tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I was kind of hoping for lunch. <laughs> anyway. So, so uh, yeah. So I, you got a gig here at... Uh, and again, it's WUWM. Is that... Is that, that is correct. Uh the NPR station based in Milwaukee. And at the time I got here, this, the show, I was hired to be the executive producer of what was then called at 10. And one of the things that the station wanted to do was expand it to two hours. And so we did that fairly quickly and moved it up to nine o'clock. So calling it at 10 would have been misleading. Right. Uh, I had actually You've got um, a lot of integrity. That's what yeah, I like yeah, about yeah. you. You know, although because uh, uh, around ten, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> prior to ten, <laughs> right, right. just before. Yeah. If, it's, if it's from ten o'clock to twelve, you don't want to call it ten to twelve because then people might show up at the wrong time. To Minnesota listen. Public Radio yeah. has a show that's on, or at least they did had a show that was on from ten to twelve, and you know what they called it? Mid morning. Mid morning. Mid morning. Mid morning. You know what came on after mid morning? Afternoon. Midday. 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 <laughs> <laughs> this is brilliant stuff. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, no, hold on. Uh, when did you get here? Uh, 2006. I moved to Wauwatosa in 2006 before anybody had an, any idea that uh, Wauwatosa East Tosa would. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> they, they, when I when I told my new coworkers where I'd moved, and they said, "Oh, Comatosa." Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't heard that. I haven't either. <laughs> That's clever. I guess we live here. They don't tell people that right, live here right, that bad. Right, exactly. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't have slipped up on that yeah, one. Now we what know. What else are they calling us? Yeah. I don't know that they're calling it that anymore because <laughs> it's it's a pretty happening place. Do you think that your arrival was the beginning? of the renaissance <laughs> i think it uh portended great things to oh, come yes. i like the portend Ooh, it's good portended very nice um, fancy to look that one up radio guys word there yeah so when we were moving here on the drive i thought if i ever have a chance to rename the show i wanted to call it the lake effect but somewhere along the way when we decided we were going to rename the show the, everybody else thought just lake effect was the way to go and i'm, right. I'm all right with that kind of so, like the facebook Exactly. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. People say I like or the, the arthritis, but get rid of the, yeah. Yeah. Right. the, the Google bait and switch <laughs> podcast. Should we go with the bait and switch the podcast or no? Maybe we, we've already maybe we've already... bait and the switch. There you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> See, I thought we were already forward thinking. We've already dropped the the. We which one of you one actually? Which one of you is bait and which one of you is switch? I'm usually probably more bait. Okay. Probably. You're more the bait, and I'm yeah. the switch. That yeah. could be. I, I usually take the bait. <laughs> we uh, and he yeah. uses the switch. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I uh, the first guest, uh, Dave uh, Dave Bull. Um, we were talking about the podcast with him before he became our first guest, and I said we got to come up with some names. And I floated about eight names to Dave over texting, and uh, the first one I came up with was Bait and Switch Podcast. He said that that seems like the best. That's gold, gold, Jerry. Gold. It's a pretty good name, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I mean, actually, this is the most interviewee of shows that we've done where we actually interview people right typically we kind of get into the bait and switch thing that's what we'll do in the second half yeah. when we get to that <laughs> yeah. point so you look forward to that yeah uh, but but uh, yeah i mean i'll say this the other we had a couple that did uh were sort of like these interviewee types a couple early on uh and we knew we were going to just chop all that garbage out because because <laughs> uh, it wasn't that's not people what might actually be, but you know what even in the business valuable. that's what we do yeah, too sometimes right, right. <laughs> Um, so you've been host of the – you came here and started hosting that show. So I came here as the executive producer, basically like the news director of the show. And 
A couple of years later, the person who was our full-time host left to take a job in academia, okay. and we decided that rather than have a single host, a colleague and I uh, would be the co-hosts, and we do this kind of shared hosting, shared interview model, and I'm going to compare it to 60 Minutes only in so much as you have one person who might introduce a feature or an interview by somebody else. So okay. Oh, okay. we have a full-time team of four people and everybody does interviews. Oh, nice. So it's a news program. News, it's a really, it's kind of a variety program. I mean, we have newsy interviews, but we'll also have, you know, we have we have a performance studio, so we'll have bands come in and play. Oh, cool. uh, we'll interview authors. We have commentaries and essays. Interesting people doing interesting things. Sure. I, right. I call that an SOL show that's uh, Slice of Life. Yeah, absolutely. Whoa. I think that's, that's you <laughs> know what? And that's, if we can, you can introduce, use that. Yeah, yeah. If we yeah. can introduce people to someone that they ought to know about but don't yet, we've done the right thing, I think. Right, right. Like go. us. Yeah, hey, like us. wait a minute. Yeah. Well, I said in the one podcast, I always felt that if we got to know people, then we'd made a mistake. Our, our, goal, <laughs> is, our goal is really to let people become confused as to the goal of the show. Right. Where is this going? What's happening? <laughs> exactly. So now your show is on when and where? Uh, it's on the radio. Yes. Good. Good. <laughs> and Check. online. Um, it is on uh, Rape your wit. Just... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, it's on uh, 10 in the morning and 10 at night. The, the morning show repeats in the evening. Uh, we also have a kind of best of show that's on from three to four or weekend afternoons. Okay. And anytime at wuwm.com slash lake effect. And uh, what's the... the 89.7. 89.7. Yep. So now when you uh, put together the best of shows, mm -hmm. for the, now, is that something you're involved in or do you have like other producers that take care of that or how do you I am in, I am involved in it. Really, it's two or three of the best interviews from the past week. Plus, we have a deal. There's a local storytelling series called Ex Fabula. And they take kind of the best of one of their recordings and edit it down to about a 15-minute excerpt. So oh, okay. the last 15 minutes of Lake Effect Weekend is typically ex fabula. Okay. Okay. So now during the week, do you guys uh, find some things and like, you know, oh, we really like that. Mark that for the – or, or yeah. do you just go back over it at the end of the week? Sometimes, you know, the, you know the, the slogan of the New York Times is I think it's uh, all the news that's fit to print. Sometimes we end up being all the news that fits we print. Okay, um, sure. You know, really <laughs> there are times where we want to spotlight a couple of interviews from the past week and we say, yeah, this, this should be on the weekend show. And sometimes it's what fits into 52 minutes of content. Sure. Okay. And and you know it's it's a little bit like Radio Tetris. It's like this eleven minute interview plus this four minute song plus this fourteen minute interview plus the fifteen minutes of Ex Fabula, and there's our show. Sure. Right. You ever have a like a like thirty second clip where you just have to have like cats singing or something just to fill in, <laughs> <laughs> just to get to we're at fifty one thirty. We just need to... there, well, that's what we use bumper music for. Now, like some of your other jobs, they might have you doing different things. At the station, is the Lake Effect your one gig at the thing, or do you do news and things like that as well? Lake Effect is really my one gig, yeah. Right. I mean, it's busy enough. I mean, I uh, it's public radio, so you know we have our on-air membership drives, what, what some would call a pledge drive. And so I go on, you know, usually during that. 
Sure. I do a lot of public appearances, uh, moderate events, introduce people. Um, you know, that actually sure. brings up something I want to talk to you about. We're thinking about doing a pledge drive for the podcast here. Right, right. Should we go with the the tote bag or the coffee mug? What would you say? <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. What's what's, what's we the just hot did sellers? tote bags on the radio station, so I'd stick with the coffee mug coffee because people just, might be tote bagged out. You may be right. Change yeah. it up a little bit. That's, I, that's good I, thinking. I was going to say we can guarantee you that one hundred percent of the funds would be misappropriated. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Nothing's going to go to anything. Nothing's going to anything worthwhile. Yeah. It's not a good cause. No, it's no, it's a terrible no. cause. It's a terrible cause. It's a terrible. But cause. it's as long as you're upfront about it, though. Yeah, But give us your money anyway. Yeah, right. Exactly. Don't let that stop you. Yeah, right. That's right. I mean, this high tech equipment costs different offices right. here, and the yeah. uh, this, and I'll just say this is a bait and bait and switch podcast uh, studio two. Yeah, so Studio B, maybe we call Studio it. B. Yeah, this is the loft. Studio A is where loft, bait and tackle right. is. Yeah. Right? <laughs> studio A is studio, in the basement, studio, studio but it's kind of cold this time of year. Well, hey, with that, uh, we'll wrap up the first half of the interview, Sounds and good. we'll be back shortly for the second half. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jim Martin, along with Chris Beyer. Today we have a very special guest. His name is Mitch Tyke. He hosts NPR's Lake Effect, WUWM 89.7 here in Milwaukee. And uh, welcome, Mitch. This is part two of our two-part uh, interview with Mitch. Seriously thrilled to be here. That was really good. That's that's what it was <laughs> Mitch, supposed to be like. How yeah. was that? Yeah. That was pretty I good. I think, you know, uh, one take Jim there. <laughs> Holy yeah, well, cow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, one question I want to lead into, just a, a quick one. The name, Tyke. Tyke. What's the origin of that? That is German. It means pond. Oh, really? That's all I got. Mitch. was Mitch mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean the Irish so... version of Michael, apparently. <laughs> yeah. but, okay. uh, Mike Pond. Mike Pond. Yeah, Mike Pond, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know, my brothers knew some ponds growing up. The, the oh, yeah? people variety. The not the Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, another quick aside is just as you were walking in, we were talking cycling. We were. Now, professional cycling, I'm, I'm very much into this. What about you? I am in a fantasy cycling league. I have run a fantasy cycling league. Really? I can top that. <laughs> I won a fantasy. No, I've never, never been in one. What are you on? Is it existed. online thing? Uh, yeah, it's Velo Games. So, uh, uh, how long you've been following cycling? I got into <laughs> cycling in. Well, you'll know the answer to this. The year Cadell Evans won uh, the Tour de France, oh, so twenty eleven. Com- recent convert, yeah, about twenty eleven, something like that. And the reason I got into cycling was I had insomnia. Okay. And the Tour de France was on. Right. And. I just sat there and watched it one night. I was literally on the edge of my chair watching the end of the stage. And just the the whole chess match nature, uh, you know, the story within a story within a story yeah. is really completely gripping. I was so blown away. I watched the next night. And so I was explaining this to my wife, who's totally rolling her eyes at me. And I said, just like watch me, this. Right Not now. as gripping. Right, yeah. right. Exactly. And <laughs> – I, I said, just watch this next stage, and she does, and she gets into it also. Oh, really? Wow, really? Hmm. Since then, especially as my kids have gotten older, they are into it just as much. Like, we go on a – I mean, th- this is just how pathetic this is. I, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. But <laughs> <laughs> we drive to Maine every summer for right. vacation, and one of our challenges during one day was – Name as many of the riders in that year's Tour de France as you can from memory. Yes. 
This is a game I've played. Yeah. I was going to say, I bet, I bet, and I bet what, this like is not crazy to Chris at all. There yeah. were like 191 riders or something at the time, and I think we hit like 108. <laughs> I'll, I'll blow you away here with uh, some things. I've been to the Tour, I've been to the Welta, and I've been to the Giro. Uh, Took my bike, I've climbed Alpe d'Huez, uh, and I've also climbed the Anglerou. Have you done? Oh, the Anglerou is the most amazing. This is a Vuelta I, I, stage. I, I'm yeah. about to climb into my bed, by the way. <laughs> no, the Anglerou is it's, it's nuts. It's the, this is the stage that burns out the clutches of the support vehicles. Yes. So I'll throw one last uh, name drop here. I was in Richmond, Virginia to see Peter uh, and Sagan. He was too. Yep, win. yep. My friend was there too. Yep. Uh, he is kind of the rock star of professional cycling. And here's a crowd in Virginia. Just going nuts for this guy from Slovakia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We don't want to bore you to death, but... No, I'm so fine. <laughs> my daughter's dream, my 13-year-old daughter's dream is to become a director sportif. She is, as far as I know, the only 13-year-old girl cycling blogger out there. Oh, really? Um, she just... I might uh, have to read that. I, uh, so I see... So do you have somebody at the Longfellow? Yeah. Yeah. So my daughter's a Longfellow. Okay. And her class had to do a project. They had to read a biography and then dress up as that historical figure mm -hmm. and present that person's story. And she was Gino Bartoli. <laughs> Very specific again. Right. Yes. An Italian right. cyclist from the 40s or something like right. that. He won the Tour de France in 1938 and in 1948, and so holds the record for most time between the two. But oh. in between, he worked in the Italian resistance and was responsible for saving the lives of like 800 Italian Jews. Oh, no, no kidding. Wow. By smuggling false identification papers in the post of his bike. Mm. I was going to segue here into, now you talked about Arizona, and mm -hmm. I went to Arizona here recently to visit my folks, and I took an Uber ride for the first time. What are your guys' experiences with uh, Uber? Yes, I, I, just, I just took an Uber ride uh, two days ago, but yeah. Have never had, taken one. No? Never nope. taken one. My experience. I'm an been, Uber Nuber. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, we're going we're gonna to use that. Um, <laughs> I actually have not taken too many Ubers, but my experiences with them have been very good. Yeah, I would think, you know, I, I came up with an idea that you said Uber Nuber. Yeah. I thought the local law firm, they could have a Gruber Uber. <laughs> a Gruber you know, one, Uber. One call, right? that's all. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. We'll pick you up and we'll represent you in an accident if we get in one. <laughs> I, I used the Uber for the first time you yeah. know, in Arizona, in like Arizona, I talked yeah. about. And just the last five minutes... Before the plane landed, all of a sudden I got nauseated from the meal that I had at lunch a couple hours before. And we landed, and I thought, I'm going to wait for a while before I call the Uber guy because I want to make sure that I didn't get sick in his yep. car. Right? You don't want that. You get a bad right. rating. Yeah. yeah so Technicolor you. Uber, they call that. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, right. <laughs> and so I'm in the bathroom trying to throw up. There's always that point where you think, <laughs> yeah. you, you think, get it over with. Well, first yep. you yep. think, yep. first yep. you think, oh my god, am I gonna throw up? And then you think, I want to throw up. <laughs> Small aside, how long has it been since you've thrown up, Jim? Probably a year and a half. Year and a half, Mitch. You know, I will sheepishly admit that I have a Zofran prescription, <laughs> and uh, thanks to a particular chronic digestive disease that I oh, have, okay. so. I actively try not to throw up, um, but that said, it's probably been a couple of years. Couple of years. Well, I eventually did throw up that night for the first time in, oh, really? in quite Arizona. some time in Arizona. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, I've thrown up in thirty of the fifty states. I think. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, is oh, that how you <laughs> do pretty well? Yeah, yeah, that's what that map in the other room is. Right? Yeah, I say, Dad, so. drive across the state line, and I'm gonna oh, yeah. quick, quick, let's go. <laughs> so anyway, I finally call the Uber guy. 
I get in his car and I'm still not feeling well. And he starts in with a small talk. Yeah. And I say, you know what? I apologize. I'm not feeling well. I'm just going to sit here with my head in my hands. Get out. <laughs> so I'm sitting there in the back seat, just praying I make it to my folks' house before I throw up in the guy's car. We get pretty close. We're about five minutes away, right? And so I said to the guy, I said, you got to pull over, right? So he's he's looking for a gas station. I'm like, a median, no, anything. Just at the side of the road. Anything. Yeah, and right. he's like, oh, I spot a good place. I, they got a good bathroom there. I'm like, no, no, no just yeah. get me anywhere. <laughs> so I'm just about to leave. Yeah. And I start thinking, my shoe. He's got no bag back there. So I take off my shoe. Really? Yes. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm going to throw up on my shoe. Thank God it wasn't a sandal. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right, right. exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, they're just shooting out. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I bet you this Uber driver had a, <laughs> had a throw up bag after my, my trip. But I made it, and made then it. I was able to force myself to throw up. That, that's interesting, because the last time that I threw up was after an Uber ride. And it was because <laughs> I, I was at a Christmas party yeah. at my buddy's bar. He owns Wawatiki. I really drank a lot. And for the first for the for the last probably ten minutes in the Uber, I was doing that real like I just don't and I know this poor guy's like, Oh my god, just don't throw up but I, I got out Three steps out, that my front yard. So there you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking people, they say the same thing. Like when they say that I'm going to rent an Uber if I'm going to go out to drink. So yeah. now that I've had my first ex experience, I'm thinking next time I go to the grocery store and I know I'm going to have a few drinks, I get an Uber. <laughs> right. Or if right. I go to my kid's right. band recital, yeah. get an Uber. Just, yeah. I'm going to get lit, you know? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, usually when I'm at Century, I usually have the glass of wine in the hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, they got those wine samplers there. I yeah. just keep going back. I yeah. mean. All right, so it's interesting. I, I, I And I don't drink for the same uh, digestive reason. However, years ago when I did drink, my wife at that time, we were dating. She was still in college. Mm -hmm. We actually got together with her oldest friend who was in college at uh, Gustavus Adolphus College mm, in mm. St. Peter, Minnesota. That's a quality name. I have a Gustavus sweatshirt because I worked at Gustavus for a while. At what Minnesota was their Radio. mascot? Oh, God. They're the Gusties. The Gusties. Yes. <laughs> Ironically, the radio station there was destroyed by a tornado. Wow. In a, in a case of life imitating art, apparently. Yes. <laughs> But I once wore my Gustavus sweatshirt to a comedy club in Altoona, Pennsylvania. You uh, don't have to plug everything. Yeah, yeah. The guy picked it out and said, hey, isn't that the shirt they made with the leftover letters from the other shirts? Which was his best line of the night. Isn't it, Aren't the Gusties, that's what they give out on the Weather Channel, isn't that? The, the exactly, yearly awards? Like, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> the upshot <laughs> was... Uh, that uh, that I was I was sick all over the the back door of her car because we got to the gas station and the door was locked. Oh no! <laughs> back in the days where you actually had to pull the little knob up. Yeah, right, she was right. your girlfriend at the time, and you got married, and we got married, and so and she she that, was able to see past this that event. Sealed the deal. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, they they say that uh, you know I'm very careful. A lot of times in my stories where I, I make stuff up, I make myself uh, the person in the story. I'm not at the grocery store having liquor, no. but they. <laughs> <laughs> but they say, but they say that you're never supposed to have more than one drink an hour if you're planning on driving. Yeah, I never violate that rule. So it's about nine o'clock now. So I've had about fifteen drinks today. 
never I don't get past the one drink an hour. <laughs> right. Most I have no. is twenty four in one hour. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. Yes. One day. Yeah. In one day. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh I don't know how much we want to go on these puke stories. But um but, the, but here's the, another. Yeah, but here's another one because it's related because it relates to Chris. So Chris back when uh when I was in high school, Chris was doing oh, yeah, a triathlon. This. Yep. And me and uh my buddy Matt uh went as long as like support team. Well, uh, the night before, uh, I slept over at Matt's house, and we had like, I don't know, six bags of Cheetos and three tubs of ice cream or something, whatever it was. And uh, so we're driving back, and Chris is driving, and I'm in the front seat, and Matt's in the back seat. And I say, like, Chris, you, you got to pull over, just like you had, yeah. like, you got to pull over. He's like, yeah. okay, well, hold on. Like, no, you got to pull over. Wait, I, you, you couldn't change lanes as a car. Just hang on. This was the interstate, by This the was way. the interstate, yeah. And so I rolled the window down. Right. And threw up out the window. And then I hear, ah! Because it hit Matt. Because it hit the back, Matt. Uh... The window came out the window, came back <laughs> in the window, hit Matt in the, in the face. Moral of the story, if you're going to barf out the front window, make sure the rear window is rolled up. Well, the yeah. rear window was rolled up. It just came back. Oh, in the it, it, it through the same going, window. Like spitting into the wind. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Kind of seeing eye vomit. It but saw is, that gap right, and went right, for right. it. Exactly. It's, it's like, like a 5.5 right, hole of vomit. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, anyway. All right. You want my barf story? Let's hear it. Yep. Uh, so we moved to, we moved to Washington, D.C. in 19, summer 1976. Okay. And mm-hmm. so we go to the fireworks yeah. on the National Mall for the two, you know, for the bicentennial. Right. I eat an entire bag of Fritos. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and we are driving home in our 1968 Ford Country Squire station wagon. I am sure it's not air conditioned. No. And it's DC, so it's July 4th, so it's probably still 85 degrees and muggy. So yeah. so you did or didn't have AC in DC? <laughs> yeah. No AC in DC. So I did the dirty deed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was good. Dirt cheap. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're driving back. It's like wall to wall, back to back traffic because mm-hmm. it's. July 4th, 1976. And so all I can remember is throwing up and then falling asleep and waking up when we pull into the driveway (laughs) and this like bag of Frito vomit. This is well before your insomnia. You're just falling asleep with vomit. insomnia now thinking about it. (laughs) I don't think I've really been into Fritos since. Uh, Yeah. 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 You get that association. Yeah. Uh, the the food that did it wrong uh, for me here, crab rangoon. Oh really? <laughs> what is crab rangoon? Yeah, it's like a wonton right. with cream cheese inside. Exactly. And, and the raccoon. Cra- <laughs> there's raccoon in there too. Yeah. There's uh, there's crab in there too, right? There must be crab. Yeah. Or, or old bay. Yeah, but that yeah. that cream cheese was not sitting well with me in Arizona. Yeah. This is an awkward yeah. segue. I'm going to get a little more serious here. I got another topic I want to talk about. I've been seeing this guy on TV, get interviewed a couple times, and he's talking about the opioid crisis, we'll just say that. Sure. And uh, he's talking about how when somebody gets addicted to something, that it's it's not necessarily the chemical draw, but there's the loss of connection that people have with the outside world. If they're not connected with the people in their life, they start looking for other things to get connected to, and opioids become that. Uh, there's two stories they talk about. One is the story about the rats. Maybe you've heard this. They took a rat and they gave him a heroin-laced water. Okay. And sure enough, the rat became addicted. But sure. he's just sitting in his cage by himself. And then they gave another rat 
the option of water and then heroin-laced water. But they put him in like a theme park for rats where he had plenty of other rats to play with, right? Okay. And he had the spinning wheels. Mickey Mouse's evil twin. Yeah, he kind of had the the habit trail, you know, the hamster thing. Uh And the rat that was stimulated and connected would turn down the heroin water. And so the idea is is He's that... He's a goody-goody rat. He was a goody-goody rat. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, he was a straight and narrow rat. And uh, the idea was that, again, if people are connected, if rats are connected with social connections, that they're less likely to take these things. And the other analogy that I've heard of, Vietnam. All these soldiers were in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And there are 40,000 of them are taking heroin over there because it's indigenous to that area, or they were able to get a hold of it at least. Mm-hmm. And there was this thought that they were going to come back and have tens of thousands of heroin addicts uh, in America. And they worried about this potential public health crisis. Sure. But the thing is, they were taking the heroin because they were in hell. They were in war and they were worried they're going to die and they're worried they're going to have to kill somebody. And when they came back to home and they had their family support structures, these people didn't have those problems. Interesting. So, so anyway, that leads me to my story, which is this. You know, a lot of people think that a house is more than a house. It's a home. It's where your family is. It's where your memories are. It's where the heart is. Exactly. It's where the yeah. heart is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jim, for adding that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but lately, I've become concerned because I think that my garage is becoming detached. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could be a problem. Do you guys have that fear? That's what uh, I have. You know, you know uh, I moved into a, a house a few years ago, mm-hmm. a new house, and, and it is detached. And I have detached. noticed... It's, you know, it's deteriorating. It's starting to fall apart, and and maybe it's something I should look into. Other things in my life are also unraveling. I'm concerned about this. Uh, My trainer is impersonal. I (laughs) thought that he was going to be a personal trainer. This guy's impersonal. My bank account is withdrawn. That's been a problem. Yeah. (laughs) My TV control seems remote. Yeah. There's a lot of things just falling apart. This this may be an indication of, uh, you know, when you feel like everything else around you is going crazy, then... You've got to take a look at yourself. You're right. I, uh, in my, fact, maybe we should turn this into an intervention. I, I went right to now. I went to Pizza Hut and I got the impersonal pan pizza. <laughs> did, did you did you let them know you were un, unsatisfied? But you know what? With the actually, impersonal pizza? what I've been doing is you know you try and find things that you can connect with. What have you done, uh, Mitch? This whole mindfulness trend. Uh, I have. Um, do you want the serious answer, or do you want my? Uh, <laughs> Just go with it, Mitch. Uh, well, for starters, I like to validate people's parking. For example, Jim, yes, your nice. parking was fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Your parking has now been validated. Oh, right. right. Yes, yes. Woo-hoo. I tell you, he lit up when you said yeah, that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know what? You know how long I parked been? right behind you and... Yeah, I saw that. You know how long it's been since somebody's validated my parking? I went to the hot yoga. The people weren't as attractive as I thought they were going to be. It's yeah. misleading. Yeah, it was misleading. It's misleading. It was exactly. misleading. That being said, they didn't let me stay. So maybe that's a sign. Yeah, that could be... <laughs> it could be it. Have you seen those Taco Bells that are connected to a Pizza Hut and a KFC? Have you seen that? Yeah. This yoga place is connected to a Taco Bell, right? Yeah. And so they've got the hot yoga, the medium yoga, and the mild nice. yoga. Nice. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. they've got Diablo yoga. Flaming hot yoga. Yes. yoga. <laughs> you go in the yoga, you can, your, your mat can either be uh, flour or corn. Oh, nice. Think, yeah. Right. That's, that's good. good. That's I good. choose the flour. You can actually connect the two with just a little layer of refried beans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I recommend the Namaste nachos. Although you definitely want to be sitting in the mat in the front of the room for that. Yes. Yeah. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. You don't want to be in the back. Yeah. You know, I talked about that's meditation. Dumb. I talked about you. Do you meditate, Mitch? 
<laughs> I wish I had a better line, but. Uh. <laughs> Have you tried meditation, Jim? Oh, yeah. I, actually, all seriousness, I, I meditate uh, almost every day. Seriously? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, every day, about 15 minutes. He's meditating right now, in fact. Yeah. Well, while you guys were talking about biking. (laughs) (laughs) We're in the middle of a podcast. I really had to to center myself on that. Get in the lotus position over here. (laughs) When did you you start this? Uh, I've been meditating since, uh, like, probably when I was 10 years old. Really? Yeah. You were a forerunner. Honestly, I was going to say, honestly, photography for me is the mindful, is, is, is how I practice mindfulness. Even if it's walking from my car to my office, I'm looking at the world as a photographer and I'm not thinking of that interview I have to do or the meeting I have to go to or where I have to. Sometimes, you know, I should be thinking about where I have to go later because I forget. You know, I had somebody in my office uh, not too long ago and I was talking to them about the troubles of the world and crime and things like that. And I said, you know, what is the answer? And she said, meditation and mindfulness. But then my mind went back to a crime I heard about some years back where this guy killed his wife. Then they went to the police and they talked to the police about this. And they said that this guy was in a meditation. And so I started thinking maybe meditation isn't the answer. In fact, specifically, they said that the crime was premeditated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so, I mean, this guy is meditating before he did this. Right. That could be I don't think that's the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Premeditated. Premeditated, yeah. Yeah. I I don't... That that could be that dangerous, the dangerous part where you're still getting out all of your crazy thoughts and then you get into the meditation. Maybe that's it. Or it's mindfulness. You know, the premeditation is... You're the, you're the, you've been doing this for how long? A long time. I mean, am I supposed to say my age? No, you've been, just how many years have you been meditating? Probably close to 40 years. Holy cow, you were the first. I was the, I was really the first. Yeah, I actually was. I went to Asia and uh, taught all those guys how to... The yogi or something like that? The, The Buddha... In fact, I was going to mention the uh, Buddha burrito. The Buddha burrito. Oh, you've been yeah, to my yeah, yoga well, place. Yeah, I thought, yeah, right, actually, exactly, I yeah. thought you get those yeah. at Potbelly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can, you probably can, right? That's probably yeah. <laughs> what, uh, you know, We talked about cycling. Are you a cyclist? I have picked up cycling again, but my daughter really wants to be a road cyclist. Okay. And so we started riding more often you know, sort of just in time for it to get cold and not wanting and not want to ride that much you may be seen there's a biking group that i bike with a tosa spokesman have oh, yeah. you seen our the red kit with the white i have yep yep, yep. it's I, a cool kit for the first time i got out the bike on sunday and we did uh, like 30 miles about nice. 10 of us oh wow yeah, 30 miles so 3 miles each yeah, yes. right. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a relay, Mitch. We don't have a baton. It's just, Maybe it's you not, haven't been on the bike uh, to know. They just go to Hart Park. They go it's around the best the, math the I have ever done on the fly there, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say, um, one thing that we, we, have, we haven't touched on yet is the Pretzel Podcast. Oh, yeah. The Pretzel Podcast yeah. is, amazingly enough, a podcast about pretzels. Interesting that you can make an entire podcast about pretzels. So you would is, be surprised, yeah, right? So. Right. Uh, a colleague at the radio station, Michelle Maternowski, who actually lives about two blocks from where we are right oh, now. Nice. Uh, she has kept a pretzel jar stocked on her desk for years. Okay. And I would wander over to her desk and take pretzels 
fairly frequently during the day. Were and they were they for public consumption? Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, it's like you know, it's like some people keep a candy dish, and it's a way to you know amuse the people who were standing yeah. there. So you were just strolling in, taking your pretzels. Okay. No, right, no, 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 no. Uh, in in plain view, and people stopped in and would take a pretzel. Is that so, the legal term? The pretzels were in plain view. They were in plain Therefore, view. Therefore, right, they're exactly. in play. Yeah. Fair game. Fair yeah. game. Right. The fair use doctrine applies yeah, right. to pretzels in exactly. this case. She might have a different. A story than you do, but we'll get back to her. So over the years, we basically talk about what kind of pretzels these are. You know, do you like these pretzels? Do I like these pretzels? Other people would kind of listen in also. Sure. And um, after a while, it dawns on us that we both have this kind of unhealthy fascination for pretzels. Okay. And we started playing around with the idea, yeah, we should do a podcast because we talked about wanting to do more podcast-specific programming. Right. Okay. You know, we have a radio station. We have radio studios. Sure. It's something we can do to just kind of broaden the brand. Yeah. And we sat down and we had a brainstorming session. We fleshed out like seven or eight episodes and we said, you know, well, let's try it. We do pretzels in the news. We do pretzels in pop culture. Uh-huh. We did an entire episode that I would direct all your listeners to on sure. pretzels in song. Hey, have you talked about uh, pretzels in pop culture? Uh, these pretzels are making me thirsty. Of co- we, have yeah. not, that, yeah. we haven't done an episode on okay. that yet. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, we almost didn't want to do that right up front because right. it's yeah. so... Right, right. Uh, I'll say this about our podcast. Every once in a while, people will ask us what's it about. We'll say it's, it's about nothing. Right. And I feel like a little bit like well, we can't really use oh, that. Oh, a debt of gratitude yeah. to Jerry Seinfeld. Right, we can't use that because it's sort of, uh, in my mind, it's almost copyrighted. The next know. episode that's coming out, we actually went out to the food lab at Mount Mary University okay. and interviewed a food scientist about what makes a pretzel a pretzel. Why is it not just dough. baked dough? What, yeah, what came first, or right. when does it actually become a pretzel? Yeah, the hairy legal issues around that. Right. Oh, sure, exactly. yeah. sure. I mean, at some point, you know, Supreme Court has got to be involved. At some yeah, point, at some yeah. point, you know, if you if you get rid of the dough at some point, is that a crime? Hot right. pretzel versus yeah. soft pretzel. We're talking yeah. about pretzel memories, yeah. like people's first pretzel memories, and sure. I have like the first real memory I have of pretzels. We I was like five years old. My dad and I would walk to the drugstore, and on the counter was the big glass jar with the pretzel right. rods for like three oh, cents yeah. or the a rods. nickel. That, or I was going to say, those are the ones I like. I like the and pretzel rods. We yeah. have yeah. a pretzel rod uh, uh, tradition here, yep. me and Jim. Yep, we do. With, we, we play our Risk game. Do you ever play Risk? Uh, it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah, but pretzel rods, they were missing this year. I apologize. Yeah. I usually bring yeah, those. I think Brad brought them, actually. I think he wasn't here this year. But anyway, Let me ask you this. This might but be see, another. you have a pretzel story. This, yeah, we This do. might be another episode. Uh, what are the tr- what are the trends in pretzels? Is there a trend? There are, there absolutely are trends in pretzels. Seasoned pretzels okay. are a big trend okay. these okay. days. So, like so the the seasoning yeah. you'd get on like Gardettos. Okay, but you're saying I'm sorry. Oh no no, I was just gonna say. So there's actually like um, or most research or making pretzels more than they are today. Furthering pretzels. If you look around, uh, hot pretzels are a huge. You know, is there like a Tony Robbins of pretzels? Tony Robbins. You can be better. Right. You can be more than just a rod. <laughs> you can twist yourself up into yeah, a knot. Exactly. You can be hot and soft. What bugs <laughs> me is that this pretzel podcast is going to far outpace our podcast. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't get salty. <laughs> oh. oh. Can we expect more of that type of humor? Right. Uh, uh, yeah, we're pretty twisted. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Thank you. That's all I got. I was I was going to ask you this. So when you record a podcast, how long does it take you before you release the podcast? 
<laughs> asking for a friend, are you? Indeed, yeah. <laughs> uh, it really depends. Uh, the typical episode that we record in the studio, we can turn around in two or three days. Ah, um, okay. Partly it depends on, you know, my day job, as, sure. I, as I'm sure is the case in, uh, uh, as far as the Bait and Switch podcast goes. Uh, what? What? No, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Right? This is our full-time gig. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I quit my other job. Yeah. Yeah. Our field so please recording donate. The... Please donate. <laughs> it was a mistake. Right? Our field recording in the, at the food lab, it's about 45 minutes long, and I really got to trim about 20 minutes out of it. Okay. And so hoping to release it. We, we try to release one every couple of weeks. Oh, okay. Okay. That's kind of what we're, we've been shooting for, too, but it takes us much longer. We have uh, built up a bunch of them uh, to make sure that we had some buffer because I, I didn't think we were going to get... So this conversation we're having right now in July. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yours may be escalated. It may, move, may, may be moved up a little move bit. Move front yeah. of the queue. Yep. You've been yeah. more engaging than other people. Right. Right. It's <laughs> almost like this yeah. is your job somehow. It's yeah, almost it, like it, you've it, had it, some experience. You feel so natural at this. <laughs> Have you, are you a receptionist? <laughs> 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 You should look into something like this. 96 and a half WLT, how may a director call? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have to say, actually, I mean, it is freeing in a way just to have kind of a freeform conversation because so much of what we do, even in an interview, when I go into an interview in the studio, 90% of my questions are scripted ahead of time. Sure. Partly so that I have the freedom to be sitting there and listening to the answers, knowing that I can glance down if I, you know, need another question. Right. But, you don't uh, need to be thinking of questions ahead of time. Right. Now, now, what about the answers, though? Do, do you give them the questions ahead of time? No. You, okay, okay. No. I mean, sometimes I'll give, you know, I'm happy to give guests, like, the framework. Here's what I want to talk to you about. Sure. Because um, <laughs> it's not fair to bait and switch. Sure. Right. <laughs> it's not. Wait a minute. You can do a whole show on We've that. gone easy on you. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, probably 999 times out of 100, I'm not going to give them the questions in advance. I mean, if sure. if I have somebody who's super, super nervous, I say, look, here are the kinds of questions I'm going to ask. It's possible if you answer something, I might follow it up. So right. don't expect the what? questions to come in this order. Wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. So um, you uh, you did an interview with my brother-in-law. Yes. That's, yes. That's pretty cool. Oh, the, 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 uh, the brother-in-law Greg, Greg Shapiro. Yes. He did a, a very good Trump. Yeah. Uh, just last night was the Oscars. Jordan Peele came from Greg's improv group in ah. Amsterdam, Boom oh, Chicago. Okay. He was a Boom Chicago guy. And so I actually, I, I mean, this is my name dropping of the night, but I met Jordan Peele. He doesn't know who I am, but I met him <laughs> once. But, you know, one thing, uh, again, this is being taped in March. At the halftime break, I looked outside. The snow is falling. Perhaps uh, this snow is lake effect. So let's do one last tie-in here with Mitch. Tell us about uh, where and when people can find Lake Effect. Lake Effect, uh, 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on 89.7 in Milwaukee. Anytime at wuwm.com slash Lake Effect. You can listen back to individual segments. You can subscribe to the – we have the Lake Effect Spotlight podcast, which is distributed by NPR One using the NPR One app. And then uh, the Pretzel Podcast, uh, you can get through iTunes or NPR One again or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. But thanks again, Mitch. We really appreciate you coming in. Hey, thanks for asking me anytime. Yeah. Oh, great. All right. All right. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch Podcast with our guest, Michael Kay. We adopt a more somber tone when we discuss treatment options regarding Michael's recent cancer scare.
doing the prostate surgery thing. I'd go in the back, the element of surprise. That's it. <laughs> right. right. Well, you don't want it to know where you're coming. No, right. no. Right. No. Yeah. You come to the front, it's like... Sneak away. Yeah. You know, I mean, you might as well just telegraph it. Ding dong, doctor here. <laughs> right. They say, you know, uh-huh. UPS. Those cancer something. cells are elusive, and if yeah, you're right. just going to play right into their hands... Yeah, just, He's got to sneak in the butt. Yeah, yeah. 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 Get it. Yeah, that's right. You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.